From the Lexington Herald-Leader and Kentucky.com, this is sports columnist John Clay. It is Friday, July the 17th, 2020, and on this podcast, we have a treat for you, especially if you're a college football fan. My guest is Phil Steele, who puts out the Phil Steele College Football Yearbook, which is like the Bible for those of us who cover cover college football and for fans of college football. It's grown in popularity every year. Nobody packs more information, uh, more ratings, uh, more predictions, and p- predictions that turn out to be correct than Phil Steele. Phil lives up in Ohio in the Cleveland area. He's been doing this for over 20 years. Uh, and I talked to Phil about what was different this year about putting the magazine together, considering all the uh, uncertainty about the college football season because of the coronavirus pandemic, whether Phil thinks there's going to be a football season. Uh, and I talked to him specifically about Kentucky and the job that Mark Stoops has done at Kentucky, how he, uh, Phil thinks Mark has been able to, to uh, have have the success that he's had at Kentucky. We talked about the roster for this upcoming team. Uh, we talked about the loss of Limbo. Now that's going to affect uh, affect um, this UK team for the t- 2020 season. We also talked about the SEC, uh, specifically how Kentucky fits into the SEC East race. We also talked about the SEC West. The field gave me his surprise team, not only for the SEC, but for the nation. And we also talked about some trends in college football uh, and when we wrapped up the conversation. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Phil Steele. And let's get right to it. This is Phil Steele of the Phil Steele College Football Yearbook. Appreciate it. Sure thing, John. I know you're. I know you're a busy man, <laughs> so I really appreciate <laughs> you doing it. it. The magazine is done and on its way. I understand. Yeah, magazine's out, and uh, we got them back in the office. We mailed it out, and it's uh, being. We shipped them all out. Every all the pre-orders, and now we could ship them out, and then it'll be at Barnes and Noble and Books a Million on July twenty-fourth. Great, that's just great. those two places. Right. Well, you do a tremendous job. It's, I mean, it's, it's a godsend for those of us who cover college football, and I know for college football fans. What, what year is this now for the magazine, for the yearbook? And you're making me feel old, John. It's the 26th year <laughs> 26th. of the magazine. So. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, let, let me start out by asking you, for, let's get this out of the way from the start. Do you think there's going to be a college football season this year? I absolutely do. I, okay. I believe we're, you know, things will get turned around and uh, – we're going to be talking about a lot of football in the month of August. And uh, I, I think we play football this year and I think we play it in the fall. Yeah. And if it turns out to be conference only, I could deal with that. The magazine's geared to conference only predictions. Right. You know, we rank each of the teams based on where we think they're going to finish in conference play. So nothing really changes there. We would miss out on some marquee matchups naturally, you know, Alabama, USC, Ohio state traveling to Oregon, things like that. But uh, I'm I'm bullish on the fact that the the season's going to play and uh, play in the fall. Well, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Absolutely. Well, all the uncertainty though about the season did that change in any way how you had to approach the magazine or just putting the magazine together? The one main thing it did, John, was it delayed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we back in uh, March the state of Ohio got shut down, so I was basically in the office working by myself because you couldn't have uh, uh, employees out and about. So the staff was on on unemployment. I was just in the office toiling away for a couple of months. And then the staff was able to come back. We hit a full force, got to talk to about 110 of the coaches out there this year, uh, going over each team with them. I think if you look at the, the three deeps and four deeps, they're the same as they've always been. The stats are the same as they've always been. And uh, you got the same amount of information you always have. It's just we had to go to the press a lot later as opposed to sending that last page to the press 
at the end of May, we went out to the press at uh, July, July the 8th. We sent the last page of the press. And I know, like you mentioned about talking to the coaches, and I know you you tweet, uh, you thank the, each coach for uh, taking the time to talk to you, and you talk to them uh, very extensively about their roster and so forth. What, what did you get the feeling from them about how just unusual this has been in, in preparation for the season? You know, and I wondered how that was going to be, John, going into the conversations. I was wondering what, what I was going to get, but you know what? It's next man up. Oh, yeah. You know, in a, in a football game, if you lose your starting running back and you, you lose your second string running back and you lose your third string running back, you don't quit and walk off the field. You figure out a way to, to get it done. And all these coaches, uh, you know, regardless, you know, if they had zero spring practices, they're like, you know what, Phil, we'll be fine. Uh, you know, we had the off-season conditioning. We got that in. Yeah, we didn't get any spring practices, but neither did our opponents. So it's not like we're completely against it. And uh, I, I think you see that coaches are out there. Almost every single coach I talk to, very positive and very much uh, saying that it's not going to affect them. Pretty much next man up, we'll get it done and put the ball in the field. We'll be ready to play. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, obviously, covering uh, Kentucky, I wanted to get your feelings about Kentucky and especially about the job you feel like Mark Stoops has done since he's come to Kentucky. I'm going to say phenomenal job. I love the fact that uh, Kentucky cut him some slack early on, three straight losing seasons to start off, and uh, let him build this team the right way, and he has built it the right way. You look at last year. Last year looked like an obvious rebuilding year for Kentucky. I mean, coming off the season of a, of a lifetime uh, for UK, and last year only four returning starters on offense, four on defense. They lose their starting quarterback. They have to play a wide receiver at QB. Eight wins at the end of the season. Phenomenal job. And I got to tell you, going over the team uh, with the, the coaches, uh, this defense, that looks like an SEC defense. I mean, I can take you back 20 years when Kentucky was a little smaller up front or, you know, not as fast up front. These guys are all SEC caliber players in that defensive front seven. The secondary got rebuilt in a hurry. They lost a lot of players the NFL two years ago. Last year they came back in and played well, and now they've got a lot of folks with starting experience in that unit. So this is a defense I'm very excited about. And offensively, it would be nice to see Terry Wilson and Kentucky actually throwing the football a little bit. That'll be fun. And uh, I think they have some capable running backs in Rose and, and Smoke. And you look at the offensive line, Drake Jackson's one of the best centers in the country, Kennard and Young at the tackle spot. I think that Mark Stoops done a phenomenal job. This is uh, as good a Kentucky uh, program as I've seen it, since I started writing the magazine. Well, I mean, a lot of the credit, I think, of course, obviously, I think he's improved recruiting. We feel like anyway that he, uh, the fact that he's gone into Ohio and gotten some good play. I mean, Ohio yes. State can't get every player out of Ohio, and they've done a good job of getting players out of Ohio. As you followed the program through the years, how much of a difference do you feel like that's made for Kentucky? Huge. And, you know, the, the Ohio connection and getting those players out of Ohio, as you mentioned, you know, Ohio State can only get 20 players every year, and there's a few more than 20 in the state of Ohio. It's one of the best uh, states out there for the high school talent. So I, I think that's really been the key. You look at these players that Kentucky has, and he's getting players that Kentucky didn't get 10, 15 years ago. And uh, so the recruiting has been key. And I also like the development, though. They're doing a great job developing these kids and bringing them along and uh, and producing them. And we don't see a, a tremendous amount of Kentucky kids in the portal either, which has been a, a common problem for some schools. What about, how much do you think that they'll miss Lynn Bowden this coming year? 
Well, they're gonna the the run game is not going to be what it was last year. I mean, when you have a running quarterback running the football for fourteen hundred yards like last year, then you're going to average six point three yards per carry, and you're going to run for two hundred seventy nine yards per game. That's going to be a big time loss. But I do think Kentucky will be more balanced this year. Throw the football with Terry Wilson at QB, or you know Joey Gatewood is in the mix now as well. So I, I like the depth there. Uh, I I do think. The the electrifying runs by Bowden are going to definitely be missed, but I think Kentucky is uh, is overall a better team this year. They're much more experienced. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree, and yeah, and I think you're exactly right about the defense. I mean, Mark's done a. It took him a while to build a defense, but once he got it built two or three years ago, it, it seems you know, and he had to replace a lot of guys last year with Josh Allen and so forth, and he was able to do that. As you said, he rebuilt the secondary in just a year, so he's he's really got a, he's built a strong foundation. It seems like. Yeah, they did a phenomenal job. And, you know, I I did not expect the secondary to play like they did last year with all the guys they lost and all those big cornerbacks that they had. But, uh, they're, they, you know, and then last year you you look at them, John, and they had, what, uh, they've got seven, eight guys coming back this year that started. Right. So, I mean, that's that's a lot of starting experience in the secondary. Right. How do you see the rest of the SEC and Kentucky fitting into the rest of the SEC? Well, I still, in the magazine, I still went with Florida and Georgia as the top two teams in the East this year. But uh, I I give Tennessee and Kentucky the chance of even stepping in there. You look at that Kentucky game uh, early in the season at Florida, I think that's a key game. They get Georgia at home, have to play Tennessee on the road. I think those four teams right there, uh, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, and Kentucky, are all capable of winning the East. But like most, I went with the, the Florida Georgia showdown as the, the one that's going to decide the East. And I think I went a little bit out of the box. I believe Florida's the trendy pick this year, but I went with defense and Georgia's got uh, what I feel is the best defense in the country. How do you see the West Alabama again, or uh, coming back to the top or who do you see in the West? Yeah, I went way out on a limb there, John. I went with <laughs> Alabama in the West. So, um, but you know what? There is a surprise team I have, and my number one surprise team in the magazine is Texas A&M. Really? And when I talked when I talked to Coach Fisher last year, going over the team with them, two things struck out to me. Number one, the schedule. And as it turns out, they played three number one ranked teams. They played the number four team and the number eight team. So that's five top ten teams in the schedule last year. And guess what? They lost five games. What a shocker! Yeah. And then the second was the lack of seniors going over the squad with them last year. It, there was no seniors on the team. And I told him, I go, Jimbo, I'm going to put you guys on the, my magazine cover next year. <laughs> and here it is next year. <laughs> they they got 17 returning starters coming back. The schedule, they may play one top 10 team this year. Kellen Mond's a veteran quarterback. The offense right. defensive lines both rank in my top 15. They are my number one surprise team or a non-top 10 team that I think can uh, make the playoff. Yeah, that yeah, that's interesting pick. Uh, Kentucky played them a couple of years ago when Jimbo was getting started at A and M. Of course, Mark Stoops coached under Jimbo at Florida State. You know, he's a good coach. He, uh, I'm not surprised that he's uh, uh, he's got him in position to make start making a, a run there. I, I'll tell you, John, going over the team with him, I love the way he's building it. You right. go down to the third team on most of these uh, positions, and he's got talented guys that that are Jimbo type of guys. I mean, if you play for Jimbo Fisher, you have to take coaching. You know, you can't be a, a prima donna that, you know, gets your nose been out of shape or you'll be transferring. And he's got a lot of guys that fit his program. What about nationally? Are there any kind of trends that you've seen over the last couple of years or anything in particular that you're going to be looking for uh, this year on the, in the national picture? 
I guess the the biggest thing we're looking at nationally, John, is uh, especially if some of these non-conference games are canceled, is you know which Power Five conference gets left out. Which one do you do it? So you're going to have to have some big time champs. But I think nationally, the one thing that stood out to me is probably the improvement of the ACC. And you know, last year I ranked the conferences, and I actually ranked the ACC the sixth best conference behind the American Conference because it was basically Clemson and then a cavernous gap between them and the number two team. But this year, I believe the Coastal Division is the most improved division in college football. You've got teams in North Carolina, Miami of Florida, Virginia Tech, and Pitt, all capable of winning it and all capable of going on the field and giving Clemson a game. I'm not saying the gap's completely closed. Clemson's still the best team in the ACC. But that is the most improved division in college football would be the Coastal. Speaking of the ACC, what do you see for Louisville and the job that Scott Satterfield is? It's early in the process, obviously, but what what he's been able to do there. <laughs> wow! Take it from the dumpster fire that it was in 2018 when they went two and ten, and uh, bring them to eight and five, despite the fact that you know you didn't even know who the quarterback was going to be at the start of the year. Right. Uh, and Puma Pass got a little banged up early, and that opened up the door for Mikael Cunningham, and Cunningham just knocked that door down and took charge. And I love the fact he's back. But then you have running backs. you got J.V. and Hawkins who had 1,500 yards rushing last year. you got Tutu Atwell coming back. So they got the, the trio of them. Des Fitzpatrick's an NFL-caliber receiver as well. Offensive line looks solid. Defense has improved. Love the job that Coach Satterfield did with them last year. And, you know, you got to figure coaches make improvement in the second year. So they're going to make some noise in the Atlantic. Yeah. Uh, back to the magazine for a minute, Phil. Do you still enjoy doing it as much as you did when you first got started? I do. Uh, and I think talking to the coaches really gets me pumped up as well. You know, you you might be going, why am I putting in all these long hours? But then, uh, you know, the coaches give you the respect that, you know, to chat with them for an hour. And it shows you the, the respect that uh, the magazine has gained right. throughout the years. So that, it keeps me fired up as the, uh, as the uh, during the off season. Well, you do a phenomenal job. Like I say, it's a godsend for all of us who cover uh, college football, and it's a godsend for the fans who uh, there's just so much who follow college football. There's just so much information in there year after year. You do such a tremendous job. I sure appreciate you calling me, Phil. Hey, John, it's always good talking football with you, my friend. Thanks. And uh, for those of who can't find the magazine and want to order it from you directly, I know they can. Can you tell them how to do that? Hey, I appreciate that, John. You know, as mentioned, the magazine, we normally print 200,000 and put it everywhere, but that's not the case this year. Uh, we were I was originally just going to print it and sell it through the office at philsteel.com, and then Barnes & Noble and Books A Million contacted me and struck some great uh, uh, deals. So they'll be my exclusive magazine retailers this year will be Books A Million and Barnes and & Noble. And then you can go to the website, which is philsteel.com. And at philsteel.com, you can order the magazines. And we ship them out priority mail, so they'll get to you in your hands in one to three days. You could be one of the first in the country to get the magazine at philsteel.com. That, that's great. Be sure and do that. Thank you very much, Phil. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, John. Great talking with you. Okay, thanks again to my guest, Phil Steele of the Phil Steele College Football Yearbook. We really appreciate him being on the podcast. Be sure and look for his magazine uh, for this year's yearbook. As he said, it will be at Barnes & Noble and Books A Million. I think it's out on the 24th. You might be able to find it before then, but I think it's out on the 24th when it's arriving at stores. As he said, it's a little bit later this year because of the coronavirus pandemic, but you will be able to find it at those places. If you can't find it, go to philsteele.com. You can find it there. Uh, You can order it from him directly. 
Uh, Phil just does a tremendous job year after year. Like I said, it's the Bible for those of us who cover college football and for the dedicated college football fan. It's just packed with so much information year after year. It has great ratings, the predictions, just some really interesting stuff, especially if you are a de- if you are a hardcore college football fan. So be sure and check that out. Thanks again for, to Phil for being on the podcast. Uh, thanks again to everybody who listens to the podcast. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud and on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate that. Uh, we appreciate everyone who supports the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. You can get a digital subscription, a sports-only subscription for Kentucky.com uh, for just $30 for the first year. Go to Kentucky.com. Check out all the subscription offers, but you can get a sports-only subscription for just $30 for the first year. Thanks to everybody who's taken advantage of that, and we would appreciate it if anyone would consider consider that to support our work at the Herald Leader. We really appreciate it. You can find me on Twitter, John Clay IV. Uh, You can email me at jclay at herald-leader.com. Appreciate any feedback I get on the podcast. We really appreciate that. Once again, we appreciate everybody listening to the podcast. Thanks again to Phil Steele. We'll be talking to you again soon.